This is JFM Podcast. It's keeping ourselves informed. It's caring for the facts. When it's possible, it's casting a vote. Politics is the tool through which we structure ourselves as groups and societies. Politics covers every aspect of life, and by not participating in it, you're literally allowing other people to decide on what you can eat, where, if you can have access to healthcare, free education, how much tax you pay, when you can retire, what is your pension. Other people are also deciding on whether your race and ethnicity is enough to consider you a criminal, or if your religion and nationality is enough to put you on a terrorist list. We need to teach people at an early age about decision making and how to be part of it. Every family is its own mini political system that is usually not democratic, because parents make decisions that affect all members of the family, while the kids have very little to say. Similarly. Politicians make decisions that affect the whole nation, while the people have very little to say in them. My proposal and advice is try out the family democracy meeting system, because that will enable your kids to exercise their agency in decision making from a very early age. If you include your kids in family conversations, they will grow up and know how to participate in political conversations. And most importantly, most importantly, they will help others engage. Good morning to you and welcome to the program Let's Talk on J101.9 FM and today is the 10th day of the month of November 2020 and uh I am your host, Zoe Machunga. This morning, much to talk about. Uh, Joe Biden has become the 46th president of the United States. And after his victory was called in by major networks, and uh, he made his first president, uh, president-elect address. And he did pledge to be a president who seeks not to divide, but to unify, and who does not see red and blue states, but a United States. And uh, we saw a lot of celebration in different cities across the country, uh, most notably in democratic leaning like areas like New York, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, and all of that. And uh, uh, we also, Trump says that it's far from over. He refuses to concede and cites unspecified pending lawsuits. This is what we'll be looking at this morning right here, what Nigeria can learn from U.S. elections and democracy. And this morning, we have experts in the studio to shed more light on that. In the studio with me this morning, uh, Mr. Malobi Godson from, from the Center for Dialogue. Dialogue, Enabling Environment for Sustainability and Advocacy. Thank you for being with us. Yeah, the pleasure is always mine. And I think I want to commend GFM for always being there, entertaining, educating, and informing. Uh, kudos to you also, Zoe Machunga, Thank for you. being so apt, consistent, and uh, hardworking and ensuring that uh, we build this nation together. I'm humbled indeed. I want to give a big shout out to my teacher from secondary school this morning, Mr. Ogundipe, because if he didn't include me on the press, uh, the press in the press club, I doubt I'll be here because that was where all of this was birthed. And uh, well, thanks to MGC Joss as well, my alma mater. And also to join us again this morning is Dr. Planksat Dail. She's the AG Director, Center for Gender and Women's Studies, University of Joss, and also uh, works at the Department of Political Science in University of Joss. Thank you for being with us. Thank you very much, Zoe. Good morning, listeners. 
All right. Uh, let's get into it. Now, looking at the U.S. elections, what impressions are you forming? What impressions did you form for, uh, as these uh, developments continue to play out in the elections, Mr. Malobi? Uh, well, um, uh, um, U.S. election has come and gone. But there are so many lessons uh, I, as a person, have learned uh, from it. Uh, so many, so many cannot be exhausted, but there are key ones. I think um, if we, in if we're able to, uh, yeah, if we're able to raise uh, raise them in this conversation, mm. and then see how we can apply them to the life of our country, mm. uh, we will actually get better for it. Number one is uh, we saw the the power of the institutions playing out. The security uh, did their job. Uh, the electoral body in the U.S. did their job, despite the body language of uh, the incumbency. So the power of institutions actually played out so loudly, uh, predominantly, and they were bent on doing their job and not the body language of the incumbent president, you could see that even at a time when um, the incumbent president, uh, President uh, Trump, wasn't so pleased with the, uh, the development of uh, uh, the results as they kept coming out, wanted to stop the process, wanted to stop the counting, but uh, nobody paid attention to that. That's to tell you the, the institutions uh, we are powerful more than the, 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 the president because one of the major problems we have had in this country and in the parts of Africa is the fact that uh, we have succeeded in building strong individuals rather than strong institutions. Mm. And so we saw the system moving like um, in an autopilot, something that was programmed and destined to happen despite your feelings towards it. Whether you like it or not, the system moved on. Well, the second takeaway for me in the American election is the fact that American citizens participated by coming out to vote. You could see the, the votes uh, as they came out in millions. <laughs> millions for Biden, millions also for Trump. It, it tells you that people chose to take their destiny in their own hands. You see, this will right, also be a challenge to us as Nigerians. Let me just say this before uh, we move on. That as far as uh, building a, a country is concerned, everybody has something to contribute. Mm. You will pray, no doubt about it, but you also need to do the needful because there's a place for prayer and there's also a prayer, a place for action. I remember the story you shared yeah. with us about your uncle some time ago yeah. <laughs> who you say when he's not feeling well, he eats very well, yes. prays, then goes to the hospital. In, in fact, that has become one of the, the, the ways I, 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 I follow, I follow uh, uh, sickness this my uncle, in fact, he ate more whenever he, he, he took ill. Mm. In fact, if he took ill, that's when he will so say, go get me pepper soup. When coming, bring uh, fruits. And uh, all of, he will want to do all this and he will Everything also pray. And uh, he will also go out for medication. Mm. So approaching the, 
are tackling the problem from different angles. Prayer is not enough. It's not enough. All right. Now let's get your take uh, concerning this. Uh, uh, some say that we're witnessing electoral democracy. Uh, now, um, has this reaffirmed how much this has uh, to do with the people, what they want, how do they want it, how they want to conduct themselves, what are their expectations, and all of this? Let's hear from you, Ma. Okay, thank you very much, Zoe. And I think I'll agree with the last speaker that we have a lot to learn from the U.S. Uh, presidential elections. Now, their institutions are actually independent institutions. Now, when they say independent electoral commissions like mm -hmm. we have in Nigeria, they are not just like tutelages and extensions of the executive arm of government. Uh, in the U.S., we can see they are really playing their rules. And that's why even the power of incumbency and how strong Trump uh, is, uh, he couldn't really do much. But now I know that the election is far from being concluded yet, like I said, uh, because uh, Trump has not yet accepted the results. And so you know you can't conclude mm. and say, yeah, it's a win-win situation already. Uh, we also know the way the system works is that um, by January 6th or so, uh, the Congress will have to reaffirm the election results. So, and that is also dependent on the fact that the incumbent president accepts the results that have been challenged. So the democracy there is so beautiful to the extent that everything is outlined. There are processes where things are done. They are not very random. And you can see that they give their voters options where if you know you are not able to act appear for in-person vote, you have the opportunity to uh, mail in your votes. And you can mail the votes in quite early before uh, the election day. And so we witnessed this season a lot of mailing votes, and that's why even when the uh, uh, in-person votes came in and they were counted earlier, and the incumbent was happy, uh, when the mail-in votes were beginning to be counted, you can see even in some of the swing, swing states, uh, a lot of things began to change. So there's a lot to learn with the system. And then I think Africans uh, or other countries too would need to explore the options of giving their electorates options as to how to vote. Mm. Uh, I know to stagger elections, we have to do, first of all, to have a strong database. Mm. Uh, once you have that, you can stagger and you know that you're getting it right. But when you don't have a database that is very strong, you know, some of these things will become a problem and then you find it very, very difficult to, to be able to conduct yourself in a way where people will still have faith uh, in the electoral system. Mm. All right, now we have seen that Trump has refused to acknowledge Biden as president-elect after the, the Democrat took uh, out the crucial battleground state of Pennsylvania over the weekend, securing its 20 electoral college votes to surpass the 270 needed to win the presidency. And some are saying there's a national leader, Judith, Collins and she's saying that Donald Trump has a real opportunity to show what a great democracy America is following the US president's refusal to accept defeats to Joe Biden. Now what does it mean for the president of a country to criticize the electoral process that brought him in in the first place and could I mean could have still brought him in? Let's hear from you Ma. Uh, well, you see, I was reading commentaries and also analysis saying that, okay, what Trump is doing now 
uh, he's trying to question the electoral system and then that on his own have implications for a lot of the voters. Whether we like it or not, Trump has a lot of followership. He's strong. I don't think the Democrats saw this coming, that the fight will be this stiff. Because if you look at the margins in swing and battleground states, the margins are very narrow. And it means that there was a lot going on there. And so when an incumbent begins to question, and I know Trump is not the first, uh, uh, a president earlier in the history of America had questioned the results of the elections. So Trump is trying to toy that line. But analysts are saying no matter how much he questions it, um, the recount or the mm. invalid votes he's talking about might not actually amount to overturning the entire elections. But I think it's also good for the U.S. Uh, elections. Uh, in, it's, it's good for the U.S. because it means then that the system itself can check and also to strengthen a lot of the loopholes they have. Mm. Um, many Nigerians, uh, as I read their tweets and also posts, were saying that we are not learning anything good from them if the incumbent president is behaving like uh, the presidents in other African countries, refusing to accept and therefore casting doubts on the ability of the electoral system to deliver. But you know, Trump himself and most of his followers believe that there has been some conspiracy even before now. You know, there was a move to impeach him. And so he believes that because he's an anti-establishment candidate in the past, that these same establishments must have regrouped and they are fighting. So he's still carrying that feeling and that belief into these elections. So it's a cocktail of many things that are playing, I think, in the hearts of the, the president who believes that he has to question the system. And uh, his followers, I listened to some of them uh, yesterday, still saying that, yes, he has the right to question. Of course, he has the right to do that. But then some of his followers are believing that the system is becoming questionable if we are questioning the results. And secondly, people say, okay, on the sum of these ballots, you accepted other elections for Senate and and others uh, for, for, for some of the votes that came in for Republican candidates. Why are you refusing that of the president? What makes it dif different for the other, from the other votes that came in on the same ballot? So these are all questions that people are asking, and then they believe that Trump's action is questioning the integrity of the, the electoral system in the U.S., and that is not very, very friendly. Mm. All right, well, Mr. Well, Malubi, well to, to add to it, mm. uh, I should say that um, there is really, really no perfect system anywhere in the world uh, because uh, every system is being controlled by humans. And humans, one thing that is very peculiar with humans is uh, imperfection. And also we live in a dynamic world. Uh, some of the things that actually uh, may give you near perfection yesterday, challenges of today, we begin to question a lot of things around it. And people begin to learn how to beat uh, what you thought was uh, perfect yesterday. So be that as it may, um, if you have followed the person of President uh, Trump, you will agree with me that he's such a very powerful man, uh, a man who actually uh, has been successful in business. And the history of America has it that President Trump, ever before he became the president, never lost out in anything he went for. So with that kind of mindset, mm. I think he was not... He didn't have the blood of accepting defeat. 
Um, you could see what happened um, in 2015 when President Goodluck Ebele Jonathan, who has succeeded in positioning his himself in the in the center of history, on the sand of times as a demo a true democrat, when the result was yet to be completed, he knew that uh, with what was remaining, he was not going to make a headway. Decided to congratulate uh, President uh, uh, Muhammad Buhari and never went to court. He never went to court, contrary to the feelings and um, suggestions from the party, uh, PDP party chairman and the other leaders of the party. He himself threw in the towel and accepted defeat. Prior to that, he had said that uh, his blood, his uh, ambition, uh, does not want the blood of uh, of a Nigerian. So that actually projected the kind of spirit that uh, former president uh, uh, good luck Ebele Jonathan actually uh, operates with and then not forgetting that a few days ago when president Trump was still talking. He was one of the people who tweeted at him and told him to do the needful and uh, uh, not um, t trying to thwart the will of the Americans. So he could be able to say that because he actually told that line. Permit me also to say that in every human being, nobody wants to, nobody wants to fail. Nobody wants to lose. But the your ability and the capability to accept defeat and manage your defeat and always tell yourself there's always tomorrow. And then your inability to accept defeat can actually uh, throw some spanners in the in the uh, in the in in the in the, in the wheel. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I will not end without saying this: that I listened to some very powerful. Uh, political commentators in America. And then they were asked these questions. What happens if President Trump decides not to accept defeat? Mm. It could shock you. One of them said, it's immaterial. It doesn't matter. The system is there. Mm. You are standing bent. The system will threaten you. Mm. You, <laughs> you, you don't like mm. it, but the system comes at you. That is not Joe Biden's problem. Rather, it is a system that comes into play and do the need for. Get the man out of the White House and bring in the deserving man who is supposed to be there. Mm. So, And that is why I will continue to cry out that as Nigerians, we must ensure that our system stands strong, not tilting in the direction of the incumbents. If we're able to build strong institutions, uh, it will help us. And let me also say this, that those at the helm of affairs enjoying the system as it were today can never allow the system to become strong. Because the system becomes strong, it means that their, their powers are whittled down. And they will not like it. It is those of us who are outside, and like what Sedesa is doing, advocating, sensitizing, creating consciousness in the mind of Nigerians, that we can take our destiny in our own hands, we can, like what the NSAS protests started doing. Let's strengthen the police. Let the police become independent and strong so that the governors cannot manipulate the police, so that the president cannot manipulate the police. In America, we didn't see the security molesting voters. 
like we saw in Kogi State. We didn't see helicopter bringing down tear gas on the voters as they went out to perform their legitimate constitutional rights. We didn't see that in America. So assuming we have a system where the security becomes strong and, and, uh, and uh, independent, it means that no governor can can manipulate them or influence their actions. And also, if the INEC, like my sister Elia said, became strong and became independent, it tells you that whether the results are tilting in the direction of the incumbent or not, they are poised to declaring the, 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 the position of the people, the will of the people. So that's where we are calling on Nigerians and those listening to us. You know, uh, Reverend Father Martin Kuka once made a statement. He said Nigerians can go to war to defend their religion, mm -hmm. but cannot go to war to ask for good governance. Mm. And that's a food for thought for all Indeed of us. Indeed it is. Now, um, Dr. Plank Saddail, what should students begin to learn that students uh, of electoral democracy begin to question, begin to analyze? Uh, because the impression we had earlier is that uh, America, is that of America being the citadel of democracy. But all the past problems we witnessed uh, in Africa and in developing countries in the world, we saw them still unfold, maybe not in a very high degree, we would say, still in this election, we saw use of foul language, we saw the jeering tactics, we saw misuse of social media, we saw a president challenging the process uh, even before results were announced, he's questioning the process that brought him and could have brought him in. So what should students now of political science or students who have interest in politics and democracy begin to question or analyze or glean from all of this? Yeah, well, there are many things to learn. Uh, the joy about their elections is that in 2016, when President Trump uh, emerged as president, you know he came out as the anti-establishment. Now, when you emerge in that manner, you have a lot to play with because you can decide not to listen to people who sway you away from your goals and also the policies you have set for to achieve. Um, but then you're seeing a kind of a somersault now where we're beginning to have establishment versus uh, a candidate is against establishment. So it's like bringing establishment back. Uh, I was thinking that we would continue to have candidates who are against establishment so that Africans can also toy that line when young people and youths come up to contest, they know they can win against establishment. Once they have the right ideologies put in place and then they know exactly what they uh, want to uh, pursue. If you look at the line, the, the some of the issues between the Democrats and the Republicans, you know that the re Republicans were more worried about issues of security and the economy and so they are worried about how to protect these things. While for the Democrats, it's issues related to um, uh, uh, health issues, uh, issues related Obama to, to uh, inclusion, uh, etc. So you can see that some of the issues we deal with in terms of who brings us the more benefit, they also come up there. But then uh, in a very subtle way, there are conflicts related to uh, 
elections are not as bad, but they are there. Uh, but they are able to quickly bring some in control. Uh, I remembered watching one of the YouTube videos and uh, one of the pro-Republicans uh, said, if Trump doesn't win, there's likely going to be a form of a war. Mm. And then eventually he didn't win, but everything is still uh, calm. Uh, I saw a lot of happy politics pay, playing there uh, where I saw people waiting for votes to be counted and uh, people of color and with many others came together and they were playing music, they were dancing, they were joyous. These were youths around the electioneering and where uh, results were uh, being counted. They were all happy. People were interacting, people were existing. People. So to me, there's a lot of happy things happening around there that we can learn and our youths can learn uh, uh, from it. Uh, but the negative is that not accepting defeat uh, it's another thing entirely. Mm. And if you look at the voting population, those within the ages of 18 and 40, the percentage is very high. A lot of them came out to vote. That means there's a lot of voter education that must have taken place. Uh, if you look at also women who voted for the Democrats, more than 51% of mm. uh, voters for the Republicans were f women. So it means a lot of things are happening and we can learn here. It means then that in many countries of the world, or that's developing countries and Nigeria in particular, that women can exercise and also choose the direction in which candidates emerge. Mm. And that the youths can also, even when you're against establishments and you're able to do your homework well, you can emerge victorious uh, no matter what. All right, we'll talk uh, all about well, uh, well, to, to, to add to To add to that too, mm. I think uh, one other lesson we need to pick up from there is the fact that um, a lot of things played out against uh, President Trump, uh, which uh, we must not... Uh, um, <clears throat> neglect. Number one is um, his approach to the way he managed COVID-19 issue. In the first instance, he played down on it. He called it a Chinese virus and then um, never believed in wearing a face mask. And even his supporters, you could see that um, even in his uh, campaign grounds, his supporters never wore face masks. Most of them never wore it. But um, Joe Biden and uh, the Democrats kept crying out that we needed to put these things in check and um, all of those things. And they, 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 they said wearing a face mask, face mask is not a political statement. And even Joe Biden uh, commented on that too just a few days ago, even after he was announced the president of America. And then also, a lot of people insinuated that Trump uh, still had something he held very close and strong to his heart, and that was uh, white supremacy in America. And then you could see that when um, the black man, I can breathe, uh, mm. young man who was uh, uh, killed by the white policeman, uh, George Floyd, when he died, uh, you could see the movement. Uh, that movement protest in America. And then a lot of um, uh, people had expected Trump 
to speak condemning that killing and then making some statement to as assuage the feelings mm. of the blacks. Even Quit. the death of John Lewis, that yes. congressman, that black congressman, yes. that everybody was there, Bush was there, Obama was there, yeah. Trump was somewhere else. You could see some of these things played out. And uh, let me tell you something, that over 90% of the blacks voted for Joe Biden. It was a protest vote against uh, Trump to make a statement. And I think also their choice of uh, Kamala, uh, Kamala uh, yeah, Harris, Harris was, was uh, very strategic. It was uh, very strategic. Yeah. Oh, and right. then also, we can't also sweep under the carpet the fact that uh, in economy, President Trump did so well. I wanted to he, say, let's he, talk about some of the things yes, he did so well. He did so he well. He was not fighting any wars. Yeah, exactly. He was I Diplom mean, making friends with, South, with North Korea. You know, at, <laughs> he for, at first, he, he wanted to uh, see if he could bully the North Korean president. He called him that small boy and all of those things. But when he saw uh, that the, the war could be won diplomatically. He decided to follow diplomacy. In fact, in the four years of uh, Trump's reign, mm. America didn't go to war, except that they, they had some um, uh, military intervention and some, some uh, military maneuvers, which they did even uh, in some countries. And we cannot take away the recent one they did in Nigeria by uh, quietly coming to pick the American citizen that was kidnapped in Niger and then brought into Nigeria. And that, when I heard that news, it pained my heart. It tells you that kidnappers have seen Nigeria mm. as a safe haven that you could kidnap in Cameroon, bring into Nigeria to hide. Kidnap in Niger, come into Nigerian territory to hide. What does that tell you? That Nigeria is a hiding place hmm. for criminals and criminality. So how could kidnappers kidnap an American and citizen and pass through our border, through through our border despite, the fact, despite the fact that we have closed our borders, so to speak? The federal government told us foreign rights can't come in, foreign products can't come in, our products have been, our border has been closed yet. Kidnappers followed the closed borders, kidnapped from Niger and brought into our territory and then believed that they were safe. Not, if not for the American uh, moves or inter military intervention, which uh, muzzled this American out of their hands. I believe by now, just as many Nigerians are kept in their domain and in their in their in their uh, uh, confine, confines, uh, that American would have been one of them who would have been co uh, confined there in their territory uh, and then demanding for ransom. So we can't sweep some of these things. Uh, under the carpet, that to tell you too that institutions are working, regardless mm. the body language of whoever is the president. Well, Nigeria US meets a global coalition to tackle ISIS in West Africa. Uh, that is uh, concerning security. Let's move now. Let's open the phone lines. We love to hear from you. Uh, now we're asking the question, what does American election mean to you? Is leadership about age? We have seen Trump and Biden uh, both, we would say, uh, the <laughs> aged and elderly. Uh, what can we learn from America Votes 2020, what would be a game changer in Nigeria elections for you as a Nigeria? Join the conversation 090-556-4 places 99 and 090-988-48848. Hello and good morning. Good 
Good morning, Zoe, and your guest. Good morning to Good you, morning. comrade. Thank you so very much for having me. This is Comrade Marambulus Mandi calling you from Devo in Bokos. Go ahead, Comrade. I think you gave the spoken well. Yes, I belong to the what no uh, Republican. I support you not know, Donald Trump because of his ideology. The man doesn't hide anything. If he picks you know, as you know, the things you no know, unfold. And that's the duty of democracy. Go ahead, we're it's listening. A society where you go and maneuver and hide and, and begin to what to, 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 to blow gamma. You come out and tell the people that you, know, you are governing. That is the duty of democracy, and that is actually what you no know, Trump has you no know, has been doing since you no know, he came you know, into office. Mm. But the the the, 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 the Democrats you now I think they have been using what you know, this corona, corona to climb him down. But mm. I I still don't believe that you know, American election is the best. Because you no know, Trump couldn't use in the military, couldn't use anybody to to, to, to intimidate the voters. Have a nice time. Thank you very much. Thank That's you so position. much, comrade. Always good to hear from you. Zero nine zero five five six in four places nine nine in sixty seconds. Let us know your name and address your concern. Hello, good morning. Good morning to you and welcome. Thank you very much. My name is Sadiq Kumar. I'm calling from TNT Junction. Go ahead, Mr. Sadiq. Uh, to a case that spoken well on the issue that have been raised. But American election, the benefit of American election in Africa or in Nigeria in particular, is something that uh, Nigerians have to copy the standard of way Americans have done. But in terms of the copy now, because we have seen uh, some problems in this term in the uh, American election, whereby the incumbent president now is now saying that he, he did not agree with the election. And this one now, he's just giving an insight to Africa. And Americans, as the father of democracy, they have the uh, right to control how other democracies have been used. For example, in, in, if it is in Nigeria election, they will now tell Nigerians that the Nigerians should agree with the result of the uh, election. But in America, we do not hear any country that will question Americans on their electoral uh, uh, problems that have been raised. And again, comparing again to Nigeria, in the situation of Nigerians, Nigerians want to copy the system because the way that America do with this electoral college is of help. If Nigerians, the Americans should upgrade their level of uh, election, I think we have a good uh, system of election. And the president also should sign this electoral bid. I think with the electoral bid, there is a lot of uh, system that will come that the people that we are going to vote, we are going to vote for our right candidacy. But if we say we are going to continue like this, we just be talking congratulations, Americans. But when we come to our own uh, election... Thank you so much. We appreciate your time and your comments this morning. We have to give other people the chance. Hello, good morning. Hello. Good morning, can you hear me? Hello, are you there? All right. Hello, good morning. Zero nine zero five five six in four places nine nine and zero nine zero nine eight eight four eight eight four eight. Hello, good morning. Hello. Good morning to you. Please, can you turn down the volume of your radio set or step away from it? My name is Apostle David. Apostle David, welcome to the program Let's Talk. Go ahead, please. Uh, Machuga, I think your, your studio today is so rich. You are two guests in that place are wonderful people. 
mm. and plus you, I think you are making this program so enlightening and so dedicated to everyone who is listening. Thank you. To be frank, I want to be very, very, very clear here. Your, your guest is speaking directly the mind of the true people who understand democracy. Mm. What Donald Trump is doing in America, he is not saying that he's not going to, to concede maybe defeat, but he believes that there's something that went wrong, and that's why he's challenging that. You know, from the beginning, there was a lot of things that were happening. The impeachment processes, even the Chinese were not happy with him because of the trade war. You know, the Arab world are not happy with him. So there is a lot of conspiracy over what has been going on in America. And they know that because of the straightforward of the man, and the, the two Americans know that this man is doing what belongs to Americans. You know, we, we, we black, especially uh, the, the Nigerians, we judge things wrongly. You understand? We look at things in a way, in, in a biased level. And you understand? Most, mm. most of our people, and most of who leave Africa to go to America, they are not doing the right thing. Look at what is happening in black nation. Look at what is happening in Nigeria. The Nigerians that you see them are kicking against Donald Trump is because most of them are looking for visa. They might say, no, you can't come to America and come and work where there is no availability of work. The reason why he's fighting China is because he wants to make American companies to come. Look at our computer uh, steel company. Mm. He's dead because we don't have anything. But Americans want to establish, they want to bring back their, their companies back to America before they start bringing people into America. You can't come to America and say we can't work. Mm. Understand? Me, I'm standing with Trump because from the beginning, all that he said during his campaign, he fulfilled it to Americans. Mm. And I'm still a strong notion that what he's fighting, he's not saying that he's not going to concede, but I see the truth will come out of this. Anybody is, 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 is giving Thank you right so much for your time this morning. We appreciate your input. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Uh, this is Madam Queen from Abuja. All right, Madam Queen, welcome to the show. Yeah, please uh, permit me to greet my mentor, uh, Extravagant Malobi, in the house. Thank you very much. Malobi, good morning. Good morning, Radio Mama Two, calling from Abuja. <laughs> Thank you so much, and greetings to the other guests. Thank you. You see, we we have a lot to learn from this election of the U.S. If that election happened to be in this country, the first thing that we do, because there were all signs from the beginning of that election, you know that Trump was to be impeached before the election came up. That election, if it were to be in Nigeria, because they know the will of the people, when the mind of the people, people are ready to make a change, they will definitely thwart the effort of the people, and the government will stand on ground to know how to divert the system and the will of the people. If it were to be in this country, that election would have been postponed in 24, in less than 24 hours. But uh, we can see that because of the system in the U.S., the, the president himself has no power to do such. And because of the system also, he was the one crying that the election, he does not trust the, the result of the election. So it's a very big lesson for, for us in this country to learn. Because... The system of the country of the elections in Nigeria is very bad. And that is why rigging of elections is very, very common. And uh, he has every right to challenge the election because he knows what he wants and he knows the system as well. So we will give him the benefit of, uh, of doubt. But first of all, he has to do the needful. And I want to ask the, 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 this country that we have to do the needful concerning our electoral system. It is very, very bad. And we cannot continue like this because we were looking forward to have a better, a free system 
where the election will be free and fair. Thank you. Good morning and God bless you. Thank you indeed, Madam Queen. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let me see if I can get some, uh, some uh, comments on our feedback handle. Albert Akaya is saying a game changer in Nigerian election and democracy for me will be a situation where candidates are elected not on the basis of their decent, uh, of their influence, but in ba on the basis of what they can offer and how they'll deliver on their promises, which could translate to the renewal of their tenure in office. Only then can there be a semblance of democracy and um uh, Emmanuel Huere uh, is saying the game changer is adopting electronic voting. Emmanuel from Angwan Mission. Young AD is saying hello. The game changer in Nigeria now is Professor Injina Babagana Zulum, uh, MNI, and the man is really walking. Everybody knows me. God help us. Uh, Agbole Michael is saying on the USA election, I want to use the election and the victory, uh, Kamala, to change, to challenge all Nigerians and the political gladiators. We all watched how the election went peaceful without shading of any of any blood and the level of tolerance over there. We also saw the level of democracy that was displayed there as well as not minding religion, color, gender, and where you're from. Please, I'm urging all Nigerians and politicians to emulate the USA. All right, let's um, talk about the comments we heard from our callers out there. Uh, do you want to respond? Well, if you look at uh, one of the callers made mention of um, Trump uh, setting his mind on America. And then uh, you know that when he came on board, he said uh, whatever he was going to do was going to be America first. To me, I think uh, that is the spirit we need to imbibe. Assuming a situation where the president of Nigeria is uh, seeing Nigeria first, meaning that um, you are going to pay attention to everything that concerns your country. You know, recently we launched uh, in 2021 budget, Nigerian government has included the um, construction of rail line from uh, Zamfara to Niger. And one, we want to ask a question, what is the economic value of that uh, investment? Whereas if you constructed a rail that can run through Lagos, to Plateau states, you can be very, very sure that the common economic value and the impact, uh, positive impact of that investment on, uh, on the economy of Nigeria is going to be far greater than constructing um, a rail line from uh, Nigeria to, to Niger. And then you could see, too, that Trump, uh, his uh, visa refusal, to some countries, uh, people from certain countries into America uh, also was one of the major, major things while some uh, Arab nations didn't like him. Mm. For very obvious reasons, he made a statement. If you don't like our country, you want to come into our country, you are not willing to obey our laws, you don't like our religion, so why come into our country in the first instance? Yeah. Some people may look at, this, look at it as an arrogant statement, but that is a statement coming from a man who wants to protect his country from harm. You can see what is happening in France today. Mm. France is in real, real deep blue sea of trouble because you could see the beheading of a teacher mm. and then uh, as a result of her, uh, his position in the class. And the, the, the fellow that did that was not a French person. He came from a country 
And then those, someone who also went to stab uh, to death about three people mm. in a church in France wasn't a French uh, citizen, so to speak. So by the time somebody who wants to protect his family, for instance, as a man who is telling outsiders or neighbors, please don't come into my compound, some people may not like it. But that's to tell you that the man is interested in ensuring that his family is protected. So in that, on that note, some people may not like him. And also, one of the callers uh, talked about voter education, how Americans came out in their, in their droves. And then, uh, Zoe, can I tell you something, and those listening to me this morning, that whether you like it or not, the destiny of Nigeria has always been determined by the larger people who are uninformed, Hmm. I followed the last election, 2015 and 2019. The current president of Nigeria lost the election in most urban cities. Hmm. He lost the election even in Asorok. He lost the election in Ikoi, where one would have thought that with the influence of uh, his vice would have won the election there. Where you have most elites... The current president of Nigeria, I stand to be challenged. It's, a, it's, a, it's an investigation I have independently done. Mm. Most well-informed, educated, those who understood the economy, knew quite well that the current president lacked the pedigree, the capacity, the competency to give us a, an economy that will move us to the promised land. This is just taking me to, to a question. Now, so the this, uninformed actually age? determined our future and destiny. Mm, so this is if this is about age, what can we say concerning Trump, Biden, and Ebuhari because they're all within mm. the same age? And then if we say that the system today has um, is substandard compared to what we had before, then we would expect that the leaders from way back, since they had better than we do now, should be better leaders than even the youths. Before Madan comes in, Zoe, let me take you let me say this to you for free and you can take it to the bank if it is check it won't bounce mm. look i am one of the persons who believe that it's not all about age age is a factor but it's not the overall factor the question is if a man is asking you give me a vote to manage plateau state as your governor if we want to be honest to ourselves, we ask this question, what has he been doing? Can we check his track records? Mm -hmm. Let's even scrutinize him up to his family. How has he been able to manage his family? I mean, they asked for Trump's results as well. He, I think his university or one of his educational qualifications, which uh, people... Yes, you're looking at Trump, for instance. Mm. He's been a businessman. He's been not just a businessman, so you know, a successful businessman. He would, he would do something economically. Just exactly. As we expected that because our president had a military background, we didn't think that till now we would be dealing with a Boko Haram. We don't want to check his... Um, let's even look at his antecedents over time before he became the head of, uh, as a head of state. How did Nigeria fare under President Muhammad Buhari and the Diabo? It was using a strong, strong uh, kind of feast on the people. This kind of war against indiscipline, we force you to do this, he never appealed to the, to the minds of the people. Mm. as a military man. But people had thought that if he came on board with a military experience, he was going to be that Rambo. 
He was going to be that Schwarzenegger. He was going to be that Van Damme. He was going to be that um, uh, right, uh, Morgan it, Freeman. Right who now. will be in the forefront with uh, AK-47 and other ammunition and you. then and free Nigeria from the hands of terrorists. I beg your pardon. But reverse is the case. Now, Dr. Plangsa Dail, let's talk about women in politics now. Let's look at Kamala Harris. What does she signify to women all over the world? Well, thank you very much, Zoe. Uh, before I answer your question, I think I needed to add something to what the, <laughs> Mr. Malobi here, yeah, Mr., uh, yeah, said. Um, you know, those votes in places where you think the, the present president um, uh, lost, mm. these were the counted votes. Now, the transported votes are votes we are not too sure what happens. Yeah, and that has been the history of our politics because those votes mm. have to come from places and what happens in between, in between these places are things. So you wouldn't know. So, but because you're seeing the ones that are counted. So let's leave that for students of politics to think uh, exactly what happens. Mm. I think the win of uh, Kamala Harris is the win for women generally the world over. Uh, the struggles that women have put in, the sacrifices over the years, the struggle for black women has become very evident. They are, they are not just uh, voters, but they can also be seen in the White House. She means, she stands as an encouragement for many black uh, Asian women, I think many other races that yes, in America or when democracy works well, mm. there's hope for everybody to become uh, something. What I hope to see is that Kamala should prioritize a lot of things that have to do with gender equality, that has to do with inclusion, because she came in it, through a system that is deeply divided and systems where uh, um, um, a lot of racism Mm. Uh, was going on. But you see, she struggled through and became part of the, the, the governance system and now emerging as the second most powerful uh, person. Now, I foresee to, okay. that she's going to even be the most powerful, considering the age of the president who mm. will soon turn uh, 78. I think a lot of decisions might rally around her and a lot so of she support. she has a big yeah, role yeah. to play. All right, let's um, juxtapose that now. We saw um, in the 2015 elections, we saw Natasha Poti come out as the first uh, female candidate, uh, governorship candidate in Kogi State, and we saw the backlash that she got. And many people say partisanship by women voters has been the bane uh, of non-support for fellow women candidates. We also saw that uh, Her Excellency Aisha Buhari, Mr. Simbajo were in Kogi, but they were begging for votes for the APC and not for that female candidate, what can we begin to do to change this narrative? Um, you see, I think it's not as easy and as straightforward as we're looking at it. Mm. Um, the president's wife went to Kogi. She's a wife of a president. Ordinarily, you don't expect her to work against the party that has her husband. So it's not as easy as we're seeing it like that. And I don't want to believe also that women themselves work against women. You see, like judicial minors, women are also dependent on decisions of family members. Sorry. So when a woman goes to vote, she's considering who her husband's choice is and many other things. This come to play uh, in our politics, which is very sad. We also have very structural discriminations. These are the things I think we should be looking at. Which kind of candidates are political parties presenting? Are they presenting uh, female candidates mm. as their major flag bearers? 
we can see Biden picked uh, Kamala. Can we have a situation where our strong parties are picking alternate candidates like we have a female around them mm. rather than having a male-male ticket? That's what will be progress to us. And, and why, that, why is it that women are relegated to uh, uh, women leader position or uh, finance or women affairs? I mean, is that the only places where we can pilot affairs? When they go to the negotiation table, they are comfortable with that. I keep questioning, like I said, I was telling some group of women, I said, why are you always in a hurry to wear uniforms and dance and go for rallies? Mm. Why? What's the benefit of that? Are there no ideologies women can go to? when they go to sit to discuss politics. I mean, we have a lot of women who can do that. And I can tell you, women who are representing us at the top are not among the same women who are rallying and singing around. Take, for example, Tinubu's wife. Mm. I doubt if she is among those women who are dancing around with uniforms. Am I right? Indeed. We can well, come at, to... Um, well, well just let, let, me, okay. let me say this in line with what she's saying. Madam, I, I take a different position. Nobody gives you freedom. You take it. <laughs> Honestly speaking, that's, that has been my position. I have seen women very much pretty qualified to give this nation good governance. We've seen, we saw what Dora, Professor Dora Akunyele did in NAFDAQ. We see what Obiezekwesele uh, is doing in World uh, World Bank, and now were they given the opportunity? They took it. They took their. I, I think I would differ with you. Well, in let that me let me land. Comes to let, whether they are taking. Let seat. me land. Let me land. Mm. You see, number one, quickly, Zoe, mm. is that we have so many factors not disputing that, playing against women. We have religion that believes that women we are created to see, to, to their own is in the, in the uh, compound, clothes, bashiga, and all of those things. You are not supposed to be in the forefront. You are not supposed to contribute. But women can change the narrative by saying, look, let's take our destiny in our hands. For instance, when Natasha came out in Kogi State, how many votes did she get? How many women voted her? Let's Do, not forget Mama Taraba. Did, Mama Taraba, did the women themselves vote for her? If, if your husband said, this is my party, did your husband follow you to the polling booth and, well, the uh, and, con watching. and controlled your, your thumbprint? We even saw our president say his wife belongs well, in the um, kitchen. Take so your okay. destiny in your hands. All That's right. what I'm happy, saying. I'm Dr. happy Plank you said. said that some of the challenges that pro prevents women from moving forward are very real, right? Mm. Uh, religious issues, uh, family background, culture, uh, culture etc. Mm. Now, if I even ask the speaker, to what extent does his wife have a voice? What are the platforms he creates for his daughters and people around him to have a voice? If you knew me, you they do. You notice practically that some of these things are better said in theory than done practically. You can't put my wife behind the bars uh, now. She, you can't. My daughters have, have taught them to be independent yeah. and stand up to be counted. Mm. You are not inferior because you are a woman. Beautiful. Yes, you are not inferior. Practically speaking, there are lots of women who would wish to go out to contest for politics. But like I said, some of these barriers still exist. And these are the real issues we should be dealing with. Not pockets of people like me and probably his family who have voices. The fact that we have voices or maybe you have voice doesn't mean many other people mm. have voices. There are many to be real that in practical sense cannot on their own 
stand independently to speak. Religion will talk against them. Uh, I look at the backlash uh, Aisha was getting. Uh, the Aisha who was sitting on the bring back our girls thing. When she came out Aisha to work Yusufu. for 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 uh, NSA's campaign, the same religious organizations, elders and co came and called her names. But when she was working for bring back our girls, because it was against establishment and it was something they wanted, they all praised her that this is the kind of thing we need. But this time around when she came out to speak against NSA's, NSA's and they believe she's speaking against establishment mm. again now because it is not to their favor they call her names so there are many people on the line who also came up in the front line to speak against NSA's the kind of backlash they received was not as much as the backlash uh, Aisha, Aisha received because she received from religious leaders she received from many people why did she receive that because she's what She's a woman. Mm. So right. I want to defer from saying that women can go ahead and take it easily. I'm insisting we need to put in place structures that will support women emerging as leaders, beginning from our political parties. We have to create that space. That's why we're beginning to have laws like the gender equality policies, like the INEC gender policy. These laws are there because we have identified the fact that there's a problem. Mm. We cannot shy away I from agree the with fact you. that there are please. Let me say this. Do you know that um, Aba Women Riots changed the course of destiny in this country? The history has it that even when men couldn't talk, women stood up. Aba Women protest. Let's, let's even leave that. We knew women the on certain. the plateau before were very much into politics <laughs> yeah. back in the days where there were so many names that you could not yeah, talk we about politics without Chalom, exactly. We have their So what has co? happened? Yeah, over time, like I said, women, like you mentioned, have stepped back. They have somersaulted to accept certain positions, like I'm telling you. Mm. And these positions are accepted because the structures around them supports them to take what? These positions. These are subtle discriminations that happen in different families that are not clear. It's like you putting your children forward and telling them, see, if you go to the neighbor's house, if they give you something, don't take. Mm. But when you go to the neighbor's house and they give them something, they will just be saying, they will look at you. You know you have warned them. Mm. This kind of subtle discriminations happen. That women will be pushed and say, oh, we have told them, nobody is stopping them, come and take it. But, but in internally, reality, we all right, know this is that what we have in the offing this happening. Tuesday morning. And uh, let's remember, most importantly, however, that uh, during the Beijing conference in 1995, uh, they adopted a 30% affirmative action signed in Beijing uh, to enable women com compete to fill 30% of all elective appointive positions. 30% is the minimum and should be graduated upwards and increase the rate in 2006. Nigeria developed a gender policy on women advocating 35% inclusion, yet it has failed to implement. We've seen countries like Rwanda. It has the highest level of women participation in politics, over 64% in the world, because when it reviewed its constitution in 2003, it included gender equality as a strategy for development, which has paid off well. This is what we have for you in the offing this Tuesday morning. Keep listening to J101.9 FM. And shortly now, news top of the hour reaches you. And after that, the midday show with Ogidigo. Um, please connect with us as an ongoing conversation on any of our feedback platforms. I'm yours truly, Zoe Machunga. Good morning. JFM Podcast. Be in tune with what is happening.